Welcome to Nameless Debate Radio, where radioactivity is contagious. You can join us in broadening our minds on the Nameless Debates Discord via the link below, and even feature here yourself, if you've got what it takes. Can you hear me now? Mm-hmm. Okay. Just going to make sure this is easy. Got that ASMR voice going on. Oh, wonderful. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, as I said... Right. Um, hypothesis testing is definitely an element of science, but there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens prior and post, right? Um, mm-hmm. We have a lot of... We, we conduct a whole bunch of experiments for which we have no hypothesis that we're doing and it's still valid science so we know that there's a whole bunch of scientific activity activity we recognize as being part of uh, the conduct of a scientist that has nothing to do with verification or falsification. okay yeah so let's say i'll give you 10 percent are you happy with 10 percent i'm saying that there's scientists who potentially do nothing but these i I don't care are you happy with 10 percent of science is uh not verification and falsification I am. Um, I'd say like almost zero percent of science is verification. Uh, a good and amount. Te- and no, 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 no. Of- listen, listen. When I say verification, I mean an attempt to verify, as in assuming that a verification could occur and trying to get one. Yeah, we wouldn't be verification. We wouldn't be verifying. No, but you, you're you're looking being, for a result that you would treat as verifying the hypothesis, even if you don't actually think it technically does. Well, you for the could purposes be doing that, of your analysis, you say, right. "Well, I pro- probably I should assume that it is true." Right. So I would say, um, I think that the philosophy of science has gone through phases, right? And the earliest phase was logical positivism. And in that phase, at that period of time, sure. But, but that's when um, we laid down the guidelines for what we still do today. Yes and no. So by the time Popper, there was a shift in how we do science, and a very important one. We realized that we could perform experiments that verify gravity endlessly, right? Uh, we could make science about verification. If we did it, right, um, a valid scientific activity and a useful scientific activity would be continuing to drop rocks year after year. We don't do it. There's no point. See, the, the thing is, what you're really after, and Papa gets it close, but there are other issues, is that you're really after failures, not after verification. No, dude, I, so if you I make, understand. If you make the purpose, if you make the purpose, like, like some people would argue strongly enough that verification itself would be a failure of the scientific method. Right. So if you're trying to verify, Look, I, I agree. I understand and agree. Right. But the problem right. is that, like, what we're talking about when we say verificationism is we're talking about the proposition that we should treat the outside world as the most important thing in an in an, in an investigation of what's true. I think that's called evidentialism, not that's verificationism. Not no, it's definitely not verification. No, okay. I'm just trying to. Uh, yeah, that's evidentialism, is it not? Uh, the doctrine that a proposition is only cognitively meaningful if it can be definitively and conclusively mm-hmm. determined to be either true or false. 
Yes. Wait, where did you? Wait, verification. Do you just read out verificationism? Yes. Can you do it again? I'll get your Wikipedia one this time. Ready? Um, sure. The philosophical doctrine that only statements that are empirically verifiable, i.e. verifiable through the senses, are cognitively meaningful, or else they are truths of logic. Okay, yeah. So, we don't do that. We can't actually verify something like space-time fabric through any test. We don't actually have any test of it. Um, what we can do, wait, what we can do, and it's really important. Listen, listen dude, that, a huge on, function of science on. is aimed at verifying hang ideas. On. Hang on. We can test the effects, right? A lot of what we do is we test the consequences of a theory okay, rather, than the pro than, rather than the entities they propose. So uh -huh. even when it came to like the existence of an ether, we didn't actually try to discover the ether itself. We look for the effects of it. Uh, even when it came like um, proposals regarding space-time okay, fabrics look, and space-time warping, look, 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 we don't try to look, look, look for space-time. We try I understand. To right? I, I, I understand. Never... Yeah. In a technical it... sense, when we're looking for it, right? Mm -hmm. We're not looking for the entity. We're looking for like evidence that we can like make a, a, a an inference from, right? <clears throat> yes. Yes, but the point is that like when you look for it, right? When humans think about the world, right? When we're trying to understand it, one of the main things that we do actually intend to use science for is to say this idea is true or this idea is not true. Even if we do not technically demonstrate any such thing, a huge part right. of humans testing the world is about being able to say this idea is true. So I okay. should like use it. Right. So there's an important kind of line to be drawn. I think that people are kind of like naive scientists. So we naively do try to test things. However, in science, there's a little bit more elaboration than we do. So we acknowledge that we can't test for, we can't directly ascertain um, where graviton exists. Like we can't, there's no, there's no kind of, um, we don't have direct access to perception of a graviton. What we can do is uh, test for the effects that the theory suggests. And this is actually going to lean close to pragmatism, right? We're going to say this theory has practical consequences. We test for those practical consequences, right? Um, but we, do, we go even a step further. We don't really often test for those consequences. We test for their absence. We, we mm -hmm. ask ourselves, what shouldn't be true? If a theory, if this yes. theory is true, what wait a minute, be true? wait a minute, is that, that or is that not falsification? That's falsification, which isn't verification. Yes. So verification would but, demand um, that we look for what is true, wait, where falsification wait. looks for what isn't true. Oh, yeah. oh, dude, come on, come on. I said that thing. science was almost completely verification and falsification, didn't I? Yeah, and I'm, I've told you so, the reason that statement <laughs> is wrong is because it's virtually zero verificationism, right? And then there's an issue with falsificationism that I want to get to, but I need to kind of step it through. Midnight, midnight. Right? I, have a, I have a small tangential question, please. Yeah, like how, how do you account for like um, the information paradox? That's gay. You're gay. Would you, could you explain to me what you mean by the information paradox? Well, specifically how um, fucking Hawkins fucking described it. Like, if 
um, if the general rule is information is forever, right? And then we see that pragmatically black holes exist. Yeah, so, so black hole information paradox. Yeah, right. basically. Yeah, because yeah, it relates to how we think about objective reality and the fringes. Um... That one's a tough one. That one's really a tough one. So, I mean, that one, that's also a sci-fi question, right? In my head, what we do is we have a world. We look for patterns. We guess what causes those patterns, right? And with, when it comes to something like the black hole information paradox, we now have an elaborate ferment of things that cause things, right? Yes, but Giant. our mathematics, our mathematics isn't dependent on behavioral patterns. Like, um, right? We Shut can have up. mathematics that describe, you know, higher dimensional objects, even though we can't yeah. perceive. So, right, right. I mean, we're kind of like flatlanders when it comes to information. So, like, um, that's when you're talking about verification, like. The basic idea of understanding objective reality is we're still interacting with it, right? We don't know if it's like all the properties of what or where we are. But yeah, tangent aside, continue. Sorry about that in sync. I think you hate no, no, me more. Your, your, your tangent is interesting for its own reason, right? So, like I said, um, we have patterns. We make reason. We make theorems about why these patterns occur, right? Uh, with, when it comes to black hole information paradox, what we have is we have a kind of large mesh of different theorems that tell you why we see the patterns in nature that we do. But sometimes they have weird consequences, and the black hole information paradox is one of them. So you have elements of this theoretical firm, ferment that tell you that information is destroyed in a uh, black hole. But you have other elements that tell you that information cannot be destroyed. Um, conservation of information, if you will. So this yeah. is problematic because you have, you know, you've, you've been looking at nature, you've been trying to figure out the patterns behind it, you've made theorems, and you don't agree with each other. They don't play yes, well. But how do we? But how do we approach the problem? Like that's the whole point, right? How do we approach objective reality? How do you approach? I mean, it is a problem, but for all intents and purposes, the the physics we have today is more effective than the physics we had in the past. You haven't lost anything, and nothing's going to go horribly wrong. Well, for you you, you, dep you determine effectiveness on the usefulness and application of how we can, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. And so you find that, like, something like physics, right, is it's more and more useful, right? So it's not like you're going backwards or you're going to be sent back to, like, you know, they can be serious problems in physics. Like, you can look at them and be like, Holy shit, you know, there's this or that disaster, theoretical disaster. But engineers will just keep on making their cars and the houses. We'll be fine. Yes, I right? mean, like, um, there is no conceptual wrong turn when it comes to finding out what actually is. Because what is real is real, you know? You don't have there to pussy for the well, I think you can yeah, make conceptual wrong turns. So I think that, like, yes, but depending on how you conceive of science, right? But you know, one could have had a period in time where you say plate tectonics is impossible, right? That's a conceptual wrong term. 
good news is at yes, some point, given, that's what I was going give, to tell you. Given awesome. how humans interact with objective reality, you know, even if somebody took a conceptual wrong turn and said, you know, um, uh, everything revolves around the earth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We will still probabilistically figure out that that is, in no, that is not the case because what is real exists when these notions are, you know, falsified. Oh, yeah. I mean, provided there is a external reality, it just continues to be. You'll detect the discrepancy when your instrumentation reaches the point at which you can detect the discrepancy, right? So for a very long period of time, and this goes to Galileo, right? So Galileo's era, there wasn't enough of a difference between his model and the prevailing model of the time. Not enough for people to really jump ship. And so that's why he, that's part of why he got the treatment he did. There are other elements as well. Tensions between religion and science for one of them. But you can definitely have periods in time where, you know, a couple of tears just run but, parallel um, for, because there's not enough, um, there's not enough but, in your sciences to which one to pick. Isn't it like, given what you said, that science gets better over time, right? And probabilistically, yeah. what there is will be, you know, like yeah. what can happen will happen, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. So that, that to me, is, it has a correlate in a kind of a much bigger field. So I like pragmatism. I think that science is kind of founded on it, um, in my little conception of things. And under pragmatism, just outside of science, so we can actually step back and out of it, right? Under pragmatism, as long as you constantly think about practical consequences and you're constantly kind of fitting, um, your, you're fitting your ideas of the world to what you see, if you keep doing that, there's a thought or an argument given by Pierce right at the start of whole, like that whole school that says that we converge, right? It's convergence. But, yeah, but, isn't, so, uh, but aren't you like more susceptible to like, you know, um, what's it called? If you're pragmatic, aren't you more susceptible to like intuitions? Like you know how if somebody doesn't have an overview, they have an intuition, and like they're intuitively wrong most of the time if they don't yeah. have an overview. Oh, of course, it's not a very so the, the point of convergence is the, like the crazy long run. We're not talking about even my lifespan. We're talking yes, over over you know hundreds of years with everyone with a large number of people trying to get theory, theories that better fit what we observe. Some people are going to do it better than others, and the ones that um, do it better, we kind of keep, and then we, as that keeps happening, the, ho- the hope here is that we kind but of it's converge. Like you have so. to, hmm? But um, what we convey and what we observe is like really different. And like, unless we yeah. can upgrade our, you know, upgrade what we convey, like the evolution of language, right? We have like a threshold where linguistics ends, but there's still things out there. Right, you're right. Uh, so there's um, the English language isn't perfect. It isn't good enough at some points in time. That's where math steps in. But Matt's it's the best one. Like, um, what? Uh, English is, yeah, English is very useful. Yeah, very but good. math is like, um, you know, it re- it's trans- transcendental. Um, I guess, yeah, if you wish. Um, 
my, my my bigger point of saying is that it's it's kind of better. It's like a, if you wish, it's like it yeah. takes out a lot of the ambiguity that exists in natural languages, just yeah. discards it. Right, focuses down on the issue of counting things. Right, calculus. Yeah. Right, it's what the word calculus. Means. Well, quantification, but yes. Yes, yeah, it's numbers in space. Yeah, it's Four. so that beautiful precision design. If, if you wish, um, maybe a different way to think about this is um, natural languages are natural, right? They just they seem to just spontaneously occur. People use them, right? But yeah. we have um, designer languages, right? And math's not the only one. Uh, our the computer music. languages. Music is like numbers in time. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm, I wasn't. Uh, it it um, definitely is. Yeah, sure. Um, I was more thinking of programming languages. Designer languages are just really good at what they do. Like they are. Like, if you ever toy around with programming languages, they're beautiful in their own way. Really are. Um, they too. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. For instance, Python is a fucking sick language. It's it's great. And you got to give respect for the other languages, even though they're like, whether you love or hate them, they they when they when they use for the purpose they're envisioned for, they're usually kind of good at that. And there's a whole bunch of them. Like, depends on what you want to do. Um, these these designer languages, they've had work done on them. Like, math itself is this thing that we have been refining over a long period of time. Uh, things like set theory are. They themselves kind of are analogous to scientific if you wish. Um, people look at issues in mathematics and they think of new ways oh to my handle dude. it. My dude, I don't know how this has happened, but like you started giving the argument that I was talking about before, dude. Okay. Uh, maybe. I'm it's sorry just about the test. No, it's cool. I'm happy. But anyway, yeah, yeah, you get this kind of progress thing. And, the, and I think the reason you see progress for me personally is that there is, in fact, a reality. Right. I do actually think that is a reality. And as long as you are fixated, you're like straight up fixated on trying to understand it. Um, you know, I'm fixated on it, this other guy's fixated on it, and we're continents apart, right? Yeah. As long as we're kind of looking to solve the same kind of problems, we're gonna start writing out the same scientific we really are. I like mean, it's the yeah. same world. So you're gonna start writing out the same stuff. To me, it's super normal. Like it is like I like I, know, I look at the simultaneous invention of, uh, of differentiation and integration by Newton and Leibniz, and I'm like, that's the kind of thing you expect to see. That's really the kind of thing you'd expect to see in our history if you're expecting convergence onto um, yeah. because there's reality right at the end, and everyone's trying to think about it. You know, mathematicians are trying to solve problems. But that's that's the whole thing, the right? Solution. We uh, yep. our initial thing about mathematics was it it correlates to reality so well. Right, and then it correlates to our imagination so well. And um, um, imagination, I'm, I like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's kind. Of, it's really vague. It's like, yeah, it's vaguely defined. I don't know. Like, apart from that, like, I've never actually had anyone contest the proposition that physics is applied mathematics. Like, it seems pretty clear to um, me that that's the case. I can and see. Like, I... like, listen, listen. Like, I use it in a larger argument. Where I say that all sciences are the same, and you can give like a categorization of it, right? So, like, basically, um, mathematics is the deconstruction yeah. of time. Listen, like, uh, sociology is the study of 
complicated, uh, like, <laughs> psychosocial interactions, right? And psychosocial is just, like, uh, psychological and social. So if we take out society, then we have psychology, right? And psychology is just complicated neurology. And if we go to what, like, neurology is made of, right? Yeah, neurology is complicated biology, and then biology is complicated chemistry. Chemistry is complicated physics, and physics is complicated math. Information. It's information. Yeah. It's complicated so, information. I mean, there's, there's definitely a school argument called that believe in emergency, right? Uh, emergence. Yeah. Emergent mm-hmm. phenomena. Tied to the words a bit bad. But um, emergent phenomena. And it, if you're an emergentist, then you can't reduce... Like you can't step down like that. Uh, you'll have an element of mathematics present in physics, but then it'll just be content. Well, in, it doesn't reduce well you math. can you can you can associate the. Oh, yeah, I'm a reductionist. Or... It collapses. Yeah, it's like, okay, it's like yeah. fractalization, right? It's like You're understanding like the composition as well as the entities, and like making an overview of it, like not fractalization. Nah, just just. It was a bad leap. Like, I know what he's trying to say, but it was a bad leap, and I don't even try to explain it. Oh, I was going to just play out fractals, just what's happening. Yeah, it's, 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 it's just that it's self-similar. Uh, <clears throat> okay, you know, if you're a reductionist, then yeah, I can totally see why it is that you reach the reward you do. Yeah, un- under a reductionist stance, and yeah, everything kind of just collapses. Everything's complicated mathematics. I mean, yeah, our universe is sure. pixelated. Uh, really? Yeah. What makes you say yeah. that? Um, the Planck length. So, the Planck length, and I, I actually made this mistake recently, so it was more like I learned error. Because yeah, it's I, a theoretical, it's a theoretical distance, though. Because the Planck we're still... Length. Planck, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, the Planck length isn't like the minimum distance at all. Isn't like the pixel pitch of the universe. But it can't be point... indivisible anymore. No, no, it, it is. You can divide further. The only problem is, below the Planck length, you need quantum gravity. It's basically the line at which our physics ends, and we we can't um process it. There's just not. We don't have the math, like straight up. Exactly. Like, Therefore, it's pixelation because uh, the. Like no, that information not... cannot be accessed. Terence, right? Terence, I think he's saying it's not necessarily pixelation because maybe it could be. We we just don't necessarily know. Yeah, you're, you're, we we are talking about like um below the Planck length, for example. It, it's similar to talking about what's inside the event horizon for a black hole. Uh, our current uh our current physics doesn't have the well, ability. Well, we uh rec- like do you know what a naked Singularity is. Yeah, I know what a naked singularity is. Uh, I mean, that would be really interesting to see. It'd be really, it'd be fascinating to see. Like, it would mean so much to us. There's a lot we could learn. We haven't, to to memory, I don't think we've discovered yet. Yeah, we haven't. But we're seeing, we're seeing black holes form. So, like, we just saw a black hole form. So, like, that's pretty groundbreaking. Yeah, there's a really good article on Planck length that I saw, and I was just really helpful but this is you about the, you know about the e8 lattice the e8 lattice it feels like a i feel like i've heard that before but i can't be said okay 
Um, <coughs> so it it's like it, it it's on this theory called uh, what's it called um, quasi spin network. Like uh, it's it, it it's a theory on quantum gravity. Again, one of the theories of everything. It's like a geometric description of uh, all this elementary particles. And everybody's dead. No, no, nobody's dead. I'm just trying to pull you that diagram I was talking It's not going to make a I, I have a police alarm in the background. Wonderful. Hey. So, um, that diagram there is absolutely hell. It probably isn't as intuitive as I feel it is, but this is the question of say I had something and I wanted to, um, I wanted to bounce a photon off it to figure out if it's there, like just to figure out if it's there or not, right? I'm trying to localize it. Yeah. Now, there's bounds to what happens. So if if the object is, if I'm trying to locate an object that's very small, I need a a wavelength of light that's as small as it, right? So the wavelength of light has to be on the same scale as the size of the object. And the wavelength of light is kind of determined by the kind of energy you're pumping into it, right? Or as we would say, the amount of energy in that photon. But we reach a new problem. With Einstein hanging around, what happens is as you pump more and more energy into a photon, it gains a kind of virtual mass to it. And yes, you, can actually get the, you can actually get the point where the, where the photon, funnily enough, collapses in a black hole. And instead of you being able to bounce a photon off the object, yeah, how do you, right? Wait, wait, I have a question about the diagram. Um, but yeah. I, I understand the uh, photon like, uh, example. Um, yeah. Is, uh, like, how do, you, how do you correlate like, the uh, virtual particle interactions with this diagram? Uh, forget virtual particle interactions for this. That's not part of this. This is this is like a idealized in an idealized vacuum without you having to screw around with anything happening. So you know, no quantum foam, no virtual particles that are screwing, not even heat, right? This is this is just a very small object that is even jittering for some okay, reason. It's a Planck magic Planck, sorry, Planck energy and Planck mass. Is it like negative mass? Like white holes, right? Um, ignore Planck mass. Energy, just Planck, uh, ignore those two lines. It's a Planck line that's like fascinating here because it's the magic line on this. Yes, but so, what is underneath is more fascinating because what <laughs> we think is underneath is more fascinating. Okay, so you know, you're right. I guess that's a fair question, right? So underneath the blue line, we can't yet explore that because the amount of energy required is more than exists in the entire universe, right? And yeah. underneath the red line, we can't go there because instead of you being able to test the object by bouncing a photon, you hit it with a black hole and you obliterate it, right? So what will happen is that you, your photon, you fire it, it becomes a black hole and passes straight through your object and consumes your object, right? Meaning that you don't get the ability to test it. So under the red and blue lines, right, we yeah. get, we have a serious problem because our current physics indicates to us that we have a measurement issue. We can't test it. On one end, you need more you energy than exists, and on the other end, uh, um, are you aware of the um, black hole out? Mm -hmm. you no, know, the hologram. Like, yeah, those. Well, yes. I think I'm getting a call. Uh, well, I'll be right back. Sure.
Oh, some high level stuff. This is. Yeah, Terence is a bit of a memer. I mean, they're okay questions. It's just really. No, no, I know. Of course. They're like deep end questions. It, it doesn't make sense until you've like done. The this issue is that he doesn't like ease you into it or take you to dinner or anything. He just sticks his <laughs> dick in you. Yeah, what the pretty fuck? much. You jumped in at a weird point. Uh-huh. And he's just talking about his personal fetish. That's all. Oh, okay. No, no, no doubt, dude. No doubt. Yeah. Um, no, it's like uh, that's what I'm talking to, like biology or something. You can get these topics that are high level. That the amount of assumed knowledge to actually explain them is really high. Like it's even like the Planck length, the ECU knowledge here is like you have some on the relativity and quantum physics. And the whole reason you get this problem is that they don't gel well at ultra small scales. Uh, you get absolutely absurd results and it just fails. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's my favorite example of science being kind of not internally consistent, or at least not as internally consistent as people think it is. And that's not really a problem. It doesn't have to be entirely consistent. Well, I to mean, be, I think... Um, to, be usable, to be usable. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it doesn't have to be completely consistent to be usable. No, it's definitely usable even in a kind of broken state. Yeah, I mean, but the point is that consistency problem. definitely characterizes the utility that it uh, manifests. Oh, um, reliability, right? Like, it, it needs to actually be like... Newtonian physics needs to actually be reliable. I don't reliable, think reliability is the right word, man. I think it is. You got reliability. I don't think so. Integrity? Uh, sure, but not consistency. Mm, because no. consistency, consistency, is the, no, consistency is the correct word. I like integrity. Like you, the fact that you can rely on it is secondary to the fact that it is reliable. So reliability, as I'm using it, is just the quality of being trustworthy or no but the thing is that for it to be trustworthy or perform as something that you can rely on right it has to actually be trusted or relied on and that's subjective that's not the correct word for the property that we're talking about which is the presence that allows you to rely on it and Um, oh i i know what i think i got a better word Uh, no sorry i think i know what you mean i just said way yeah, you'd be talking about external consistency. Yeah. Science's issues with internal consistency has good external consistency. Oh, well, I mean, realistically, I think it's um, like insofar as it has uh, poor external consistency, it's because it has an, a, some problem with its internal consistency. And so, like, if we can say that it has good external consistency, then it probably has pretty good internal consistency as well. Um, I mean, quantum gravity presents a situation in which you get an, an, an analog to absurdio ad reductum, and it's mm-hmm. really hard to talk of internal consistency in the presence yeah, of... Yeah, but that's something we don't understand yet, right? Of what... We do like we, we no 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 we have we have different models that don't agree and we don't know what's happening. That's what you mean when you say we get an absurd mm. result. Oh, we so like the we don't just... know how to explain what we think is happening. Um, what I mean 
I mean, it might be the same as what you mean, but I'll say it anyway. So what happens is you can run the math, right? The math will function just fine. It doesn't give a shit. But then it spits out infinities. So then you look but at it and it's like, there's... okay, we don't have infinities happening in the real world. So the, the, the math associated with the theorem is dysfunctional. So at some point yeah. in time, something's kind of broken down and just... And That's what I mean, though. You, don't, you so, don't know what it is. So yes, but isn't our best, best guess to correlate it with causality? Oh, what? Is our best guess to correlate our findings with causality? I heard you. I just um. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Terence, you just got uh, fucking worse. Imagine you. you were just fucking talking nonsense. <laughs> it's just, just correlated with causality. Causality is like the that. thing. It's the thing he does, right? It's not. He's not completely retarded, but he just says things that are so out of place. What do you mean by that? Like, what are you trying completely to tell me? Retarded. Do okay. Okay. Go ahead. Damn. I said, go. like, sorry. Go ahead. We we correlate our sh our findings of physics with logic and and most like usually fucking causality, but like now we have like subatomic physics where you know that doesn't work all the time. But yeah. is it? Oh. Yeah, you so like might... in order to decipher objective reality, right? Like, don't we have <clears> to correlate <throat> our findings with causality? Like, to understand object permanence, to understand like basic functions of space time itself. Right. Um, first things first, you might actually like um, enjoy reading about quantum logic. So, there is, there is a variety or school of logic that functions just fine. With um, quantum physics, like you just have to change logic itself, or change some of the base assumptions, and then you're you're good again. Uh, kind of what you do, really. Lo logic is usually um. Oh yeah, it's uh. Logic itself has purposes, and normally, mathematics has mathematics is akin to programming languages. When we say mathematics, people think of it as like a homogenous thing, but there's actually a few few different schemes that you can use, and they're really powerful and different. Uh, like in variables, <laughs> things. No, no, no. Um, no, no. Like basic axioms. So, like Euclidean geometry is like base. You know, when most people talk about math, it's, it's talking about that. But there's different topologies. There's different exactly. uh, entire yeah, systems. When you talk yeah. about math, you do not have to only talk about Euclidean geometry, though. No, no, you don't. You don't. But it's it's not a homogenous group so it's it's like when you talk about logic math uh, though math logic, all like all of the disparate yeah. like subjects of math like, are, are homogenous in some sense um yeah but they it's like, like the way the, the way that they operate is the same even if you change some of the rules around <laughs> well i mean some of the operations are the same but like uh, no, 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 I mean, like, the function of how operations work fundamentally <laughs> remains the same. No, no, Dude, math, so, math come, describes, like, what there is and what there could not, be. Not, not what the functions are. I mean, the fact that there is, like, a, so, a thing that defines, like, a set of <clears throat> phenomena. What? 
the thing that defines a set. Yeah, of... so a function, right, defines like a range of phenomena. Oh, depending the on the definition variable. of yeah. So the definition of like the the co- mathematical concepts they can change. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yes, that's what yeah. I'm saying. The um, axioms can change, and the um, some of the properties change fundamentally, like change <coughs> like something that's uh. So it's true in one system, it can be false in another. So one. Yeah, like so, I think I think what I'm saying is that like despite the evaluative differences, right? What we're talking about when we're talking about like mathematical systems, we're talking about systems of like rigorous language that we use to talk about um, these objects and the fact that, for instance, you can talk about the objects and derive conclusions that are true and false is like something that you can do in every um, type of math, even though like the way, like what you're talking about specifically and and even sometimes the rules are different. You're still saying some things are true and some things aren't, for instance. Yeah, that's... And like the way that you work that out is still according to the set of rules. You're just saying the rules change and I'm like, okay, but for instance, the rule that you have to follow the rules, that doesn't change. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the meta stuff change. Mm-hmm. So, like, our axiom, like I said, the concepts aren't changing, right? An axiom remains an axiom. So of the, course, the no, but I think what I'm saying is that the meta rules are what make the the d- disparate, uh, like, uh, what would you say, uh, areas of inquiry in mathematics homogenous because yeah. they all follow so, the same meta rules. So the I would say, I, like the way I understand what you're saying is like the mathematical concepts which we teach in school using English and those are fixed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so like the when I you know the idea of addition can be fixed or that one plus one equals two, or you know yes, one, those those can like... be kind of fixed in nature, um, and they're not fixed in they're fixed in this weird way that's kind of. It seems to be at a higher level. Like there's a there's some kind of math describes information. Information doesn't necessarily have to have meaning. It just is. So if Every... you're describing something that is, uh, I'm not sure what you think you mean by meaning, Terence. Um, I mean, I mean, you might think I might not know what I mean. I by mean, do, do do you mean to say subjective significance? Yes, obj- like subjective significance. significance as well. Okay, but significance, that's who, who cares? That's a vacuous statement. Well, we care about significance. Yes, but that's not the point of the discussion. The point of the discussion isn't to figure out why we should subjectively like, think of it as significant. The point of the discussion is to talk about whether or not like, what we're talking about can be signified. Yes, it is being signified. I'm but, confused about where this is going. Sorry. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm really confused as to the words like InSync is using. Uh, okay. How about this? Can I say that like language is communicative? That's its purpose. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. okay with both of you? Like that's yeah, that's, that's all I say about it. Language communicates. Uh, that's what it does. Is, is is mathematics limited to conveyance? Yeah. Yeah, if well, something, no. everything no. in maths conveys. Something. Wait, wait, wait. Let's be careful, right? So, math 
as in like the subjective system that we're using to describe the world and convey the world, that is all about conveyance, <laughs> right? But like when we're talking about math, we're talking about um, systems that we use to describe some specific thing, right? And like in the same way as like when we're talking, yeah, like when we're talking about physics, right? We're talking about the models that we have that actually correlate with the way that the world is, right? So when we say physics, we mean two things. We mean the models we're using, and we mean the bits of the world that the models are matching up to. Yeah. That the, that's the other type of physics, is the actual mechanics of the world. Yes, but, dude, information, that's all there is. Ah, fuck, Terrence. I'm not going to get into that. Like, I happen to know that. And you're, like... There's um, more than information. What do you mean by information, Terrence? What are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to say? Terrence doesn't even know, dude. Yes, I do. Well, okay, what's I'm information? <laughs> but, well, it's... <clears throat> it's discrete properties of elementary oh. entities. Discrete no. properties of elementary entities. Close, but no cigar, my dude. Nigga, fuck you, nigga. I'm not like I'm still working on it, dude. <laughs> like I don't, I, I don't hold absolute certainty. Someone's a salt okay. lord. Anyway, yeah, um, I think that all the all the language there's fucking way, all of them forms, but convey something. You're right. Uh, I, I think I know what it means, and uh, yeah. I don't, I don't normally call the... So there's physics, right? But what is just matching is what I call reality, right? I don't actually designate yeah, but, it as but, physics. As... But don't we mean, like, when we say, like, that there are different uh, fields of science, we mean that the world has different, like, classes of phenomenon, right? I would say that the classes, classes are something we are imposing. Characterization. No, but like we can't be we can't be just imposing them though because we can use the classes to differentiate things about the world that actually become pragmatically <laughs> validated. Well, we we characterize different phenomena and categorize them. Yes, but it's only insofar as different that we're able to do such a thing. I mean, we're it, able to do it, that. It's I different mean, to us because of the sensory ratios it it produces. So, like, for me, right? The, the behavior is a little bit different, don't you think? Yeah. So, I mean, okay, I mean, an example of this, right, is I look at it and I see six different colors. Roughly. Yeah, I think it's six. Mm -hmm. it seven? Six. All right, I, I see know. six different colors. Um, but those are, like, the categories, concepts that I'm forming. In reality, it's just a continuous spectrum, right? Um, and, and I suspect that, especially for your argument, right, there's no real distinction. It's just like it, all those phenomena are just part of it, just a big reality. We divvy them up because of it's course. just what we do, right? No, but yes, why is there like... utility in that, right? And the reason well, that there's oh. utility in it is that even though they're all the same big reality, right, the parts of reality are like, it, like it has very, reality has like many different levels to it, right? different like layers in which like different mechanics are instantiated and though they are all the same thing reductively they're all based on the bottom ones it builds up properties, right? yeah. 
yeah, yeah, there are actual differentiations to be made, but they're phenomenological because when you don't consider any particular perspective, you see the thing and it is just one thing, right? Because you're not paying attention to the layers. You're just saying, well, how many things actually are there? And the fact that there are layers in the thing is irrelevant. InSync, could you elaborate on the main thing we can learn from understanding higher dimensional topologies? I'm not like, that good with topology. What can we understand man. about I, lower dimensions? I, dude, I'm not that good with topology. Spatial reasoning is not my forte. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Fuck. Um, Sorry. Let me think. Let me think. So, I'd say that this the reason you see the divisions in science that we do is because of what it is that we're doing, right? It's because we are trying to model the world. So, if you're, if you're trying to model the world, you're yeah. going to find that you don't... Say I want to model a, a sand dune, right? I don't need to go as far as atomic theory. I can actually model it much more. I, I don't need that much information. Just modeling well, it... It, it depends on the up. level of understanding, right? We, we model using understanding, not perception. Well, well we also, 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 it depends on the level of accuracy that you're requiring, yeah. requiring from your model. Like a sand dune is a clever example of that. Some dune nigga. <laughs> It's pretty clever. No, it's um. So wait, no, there's, there's a it, bit more it's a clever time. example because it's made up of these <laughs> tiny particles. Yeah. Who the, the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh That's so fucking irritating. Who the fuck was that? It's um. It's it's a troll. He's getting all the fucking rolls. Ban him. Ban him right now, dude. You mean what we debating? Don't do it, guys. Oh. I'm here to debate. I'm here to debate, guys. You ban him. Dead. Bitch got wrecked. Mm. Fucking uh, weed out, weed out the trolls, dude. Okay. So wait, what was I saying? So yeah, I, I like the sand dune. So what happens? I'm. This is within the um, theory itself, right? Is if I want to talk about sand dunes, I don't need to talk about quantum effects because they not only um do I not need that level of accuracy within the theorem themselves. We oh, no, 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 no. leave wait, wait, that wait. quantum effects are uh, when we say blurred out by the time I we get the macro. Yeah. <clears throat> I wasn't saying like there wasn't some utility to the analogy, but it seems like what when you're talking about a sand dune, <clears throat> which is like by its very nature uh, sort of nebulous with regards to the form, because it's pretty hard to account for the totality of it. You know exactly how many grains of sand are there in a sand dune, and how do you make sure that you don't lose any? You know what I mean? Like it just I mean, seems like. Pardon? I mean, yeah. no, I mean, for what it is that science is, right? So science is like this predictive pursuit. So of course, you know, but that's kind of what I mean, like, right? Because like, if you're using a model of sand and like using it on the environment, the margin of error is going to be understandably a little bigger because it's very unless, hard to track of a sand. Unless, unless we fucking define the scope of composition and entities, like the composite and the entity, right? What? I mean, okay, wait. So oh, let, let, let me just let Terrence. me get this. Right? Well, so, just one sec, man. One sec, one sec. Terrence, yeah. try thinking for like five to ten seconds more before you start to speak about how you might make it more understandable to the people you're fucking talking to. Because um, it's representative of a trend that Midnight repeatedly says "what" as soon as you say something, dude. Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, let me work on that. It, it's just that, uh, like, um, 
I don't want to have to spend too much effort deciphering what you're saying. That's all. Yes, um, yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. I know it's, no, it's a problem Julius has with him a lot. That's all. Yeah, it's it's fine. Whatever. Uh, just take maybe yeah, more time would be good. So what I'm saying. Yeah, I like the sound you So say say you're like a genealogist and you're like, hey, I want to just talk about you know how sand dunes move and all that, the shapes they take up and all that. Um, there's there's a question first about precision. Like you might just not need that much precision. And secondly, some effects just become irrelevant at certain scales, right? So like string theory is pretty much wholesale irrelevant to sand dunes, right? It okay, just, like I think that's what I was saying then, because. My yeah. point was that, yeah, like, it's a clever example specifically because it um, limits the degree of accuracy you're going to want to ask from the model. You know what I mean? Uh, it's not just accuracy. So, ac yeah, no, I, I'm saying it's like a little bit more. Um, some stages of, like, some stages, you, you could use quantum physics, but quantum physics itself tells you that it becomes irrelevant at the macro level, right? It doesn't bleed up, it disappears. Like, Quantum sand dunes don't phase to each other, so trying to model it like that is just unnecessary. Like you're you're putting all this effort, and you're gonna get nothing. Like it's not even like you get more accuracy; you get nothing. No, 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 because, no. I under I understand. I was yeah. talking about like separate from the way that it applies to specifically the quantum stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? I felt like it's sort of like it's an it like I feel like it unfairly limits the experiment in like a subtle oh, way okay. because because sort of like you're like putting a hard limit on exactly how many decimal places you would ever need for this kind of thing you know what i mean yeah i'm i'm not even but i'm personally not thinking of decimal places so it's not an accuracy issue to me so i'm talking like biology right like how does a how do muscles work no no i just I mean like the probability that your prediction will be accurate though, based on like how well it normally does right Right. That's based in a, in a big way on uh, like what the margin you're using to call something an error is. Right, and I'm just saying that like what happens is the this is going to be weird. Reality has a touch of chaos to it and fuzziness, right? So there's going to be this error. Reality or phenomenological reality, dude? Yeah, there are different orders to reality, dude. Oh dear. Um, do, do you okay, mean I'm just, I'm just say, reality? I'm just going to say that as far as we understand, right? No, no, no. Uncer just uncertainty, like... uncertainty is baked in at a very basic level, right? Because uh, it's baked in. No, uh, not no. really. Sorry. Um, just as the sand dunes, you're not uncertain of the form of the sand dune, are you? Uh, no, that's what I mean. Yeah. So the, you got. So the uncertainty principles of which they are actually no, a couple, do, do, right? Yes, look, I understand. But the point is that, like, the fact that from the perspective that we're using to evaluate the world, like, we're mm. always uncertain about it, doesn't mean that the world is uncertain. It doesn't mean that it isn't either. Like, we, that's indeterminate. No, but the, the point is that that's not evidence to think that it is uncertain. At its fundamental that level. Is evidence to think it's uncertain? Like, you no, generally it's assume that. Not at its fundamental level. It, it actually isn't. Dude. Okay, so... That's so a fallacy like... of composition. What? No, it is not, okay. It, it is a, it's called a fallacy of composition. Hang on. Okay, when I say reality, I'm, say, I'm saying this from a materialistic perspective, right? Everything is... I, no, no, but I asked you, do you mean the like phenomenological experience of reality? 
the sum total of subjective linear timeline of causality, dude. Do you mean that? Do you mean the actual thing itself? Like the whole blinking cosmos. Okay. So. Ah, okay. When you're talking to me, the actual thing itself is something no one ever understands. No one. But I'm like. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, when I'm talking about the world, I'm differentiating what all of us know from the thing that we do not know. Okay. So I like I I do use the Kantian distinction for this, right? So the phenomenon there's the phenomenal world and then. Uh, but it's not, God, it's, it's not, awful. it's not like, unknowable. That, that's that, that is unknowable, like straight no, up. No, no, no. See, that's the right? thing. <laughs> yeah, I accept that's what Kant thought, right? What I'm saying is, yeah, it's close, right? There's phenomena, and then there are things that you don't know yet, and some things that you can't no, know. No. But the distinction between the two things is something you don't know how to differentiate. Right. right. True. So that's True. not what I'm saying. The phenomenal world is what we have access to yes yes i know and here's what i'm saying is whenever here's what i'm saying dude is whenever someone tells me that we can't know x thing because that is noumena right i'm telling them that to say that x thing is noumena is to claim something about noumena right so like it's never a good contention you can't say, well, that's one of the things we can't know about because your proposition is actually a claim to knowledge about the thing. Okay, yeah, sure. That's the one thing we know about it, that's right? Like, but that's we like a threshold of linguistics on the domain of knowledge. Yeah. That's actually not a bad answer. Uh, yes. Um, you're right. So... Hmm. Everything just exists, bro. And we're like, just there's definitely stuff that we can't figure out, but like I don't think there's a good reason to think we can't figure out what the basis of stuff is. Because like from what I understand of what the world is, the basis of it is everywhere. Like it's instantiated in the multiplicity of complexity that we exist in. It's Everything we're looking at Everything we're looking at is the basis. We just have to figure out how to see it properly. And how it correlates to other orders of reality. Like, when people say that, like, when we're talking about things like okay. ontology and metaphysics, we're talking about things that you cannot know. I'm saying, like, dude, there are things all around us. What we're talking about is what it takes to be a thing. So, like, surely we can look at a bunch of different things and maybe talk about it. Yeah. So... Uh, what I'm saying is, I put up uh, what I mean by new, right? So I'm using the metaphysical sense of this. Uh, the metaphysical noumenon is something that um, we won't know the details of. No, no, but right? what does that mean? We there won't know the details, details of it. So the, the okay. problem is that it's independent of human sense and or perception, right? That kind of cuts us off it. Uh, no, no, but here's it's the thing. stuff that we can't access by definition. Yes, but here's the thing. Here's the thing: is how can you claim that any particular piece of knowledge is part of that? What? No particular so, like, knowledge is it? No, 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 no. Like when we're talking about a particular thing that we're trying to understand, right? And you or someone else who I'm arguing with says to me, right, well, actually, what we're talking about right now is part of the n noumenon, and we just cannot know. 
No, it's not. It, everything we talk about is, is insufficient. I've heard you say that linguistics is insufficient. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. what? How I'm, can you? What I mean, how can you make that claim? What I'm what I'm saying. Sorry, I, I I like need to rehash and then like improve while I speak. That's what it's happening. Yeah. So <laughs> what what I'm sorry. If what I'm saying. Good. What I'm saying. It, yeah. yeah. Sure. It's what I need to do. It's good. That's why I talk to people. Uh, what what I'm saying is that what we're always discussing is phenomenon, right? We we discuss the phenomenal world. Yes, no, no, we're no. Think about this. Think about this, right? Like right? that. No, I understand, right? But the thing is that yeah. maybe you can access rationally things that you have absolutely no physical means of getting to by thinking carefully Ooh, enough about what so you do have access to. All you will have done is found a pattern in your phenomenal world. That's yes, but maybe, maybe, also, listen, maybe the pattern you found was in the actual world. Yes, and that's all you can say. We're stuck at maybe. We're not stuck yes, at... Yes, but, no, no, but listen. Yeah, but if, if, maybe. Listen, listen, man. Once I get you to maybe, then we're talking about what it would take for us to recognize mm -hmm. that we have an answer to the question. And then we're talking <laughs> about whether or not you accept the answer to the question that I can provide. Okay, so yes. what I'm saying is we have the phenomenal world, which we can talk about, discuss, and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. The numeral world about which we can conjecture, but we're always just stuck at conjecture. It's always just not maybe. Really. There, are, maybe, there, are, maybe. States of, there right? are states of perception where, you know, you can experience, mm -hmm. like, there is more information. There is more justifiably compelling conjecture and less justifiably mm. compelling conjecture. Yeah, but conjecture, regardless. No, but the thing is that... Okay, so let me give you an example. <laughs> if I can give you a, <coughs> a piece of conjecture, right, mm. that, uh, like, you, stands, like, over, like, a 250-year period as, like, irrefutable, right? You would say that even though it's conjecture which hasn't been proven or demonstrated, the fact that no one has been able to figure out how to say that it is wrong is some sort of evidence to indicate that it might be correct. Yes, of the phenomenal world. No, but you can make those propositions about the world about which you cannot know, and the irrefutability of something is evidence for the correctness right. of the proposition. So if what we're saying... If what we're saying um, has any relationship to human sense and or perception, it is about the phenomenal, not the numinal world. Yes, right? but you can reason about what you might call the numinal world. Can you reason like it's not it's not just conjecture. You can reason about it. Yes, I mean you can See, reason about what it might be, but not what you it can is. reason about what the formula of what it is is. Might be. Yeah. No. No, no, no. You can, like, look at things and consider them in general and come up with what the actual formula of a thing is. Even if there's no way for you to know right. such a thing, so, it's possible for you to conceive of the correct answer. Right, yeah. So that's still in the phenomenal world, right? No, but, no, not... no, but then, then you may have knowledge about which you cannot know, you do not know, you may have the answer and never be able to say this is technically the answer and you can show that it is, but you may nonetheless have it. That, that's the point. Like you can describe it accurately even if you can never know such a thing to be accurate.
but can you? I think so. Why should you think otherwise? <laughs> Paradoxes? Paradoxes are people being confused about language, dude. Exactly, you're people. Yeah, so people being confused about language is not evidence that there are actually contradictions in the world. How, where, where is the line between confusion and what is true? Well, like, people make linguistic statements which attempt to represent the world. The fact that people can Fuck make statements... Dude. Fuck linguistics, dude. That is what we're like, talking about. We're talking about... Paradoxes are linguistic confusions, man. Okay, let's, let's, like... Listen, listen, dude. Reality doesn't have any fucking paradoxes. Dude, Reality is contradiction-free, bro. <sighs> contradiction-free, 100% guarantee. Contradiction-free because it has to be. No doubt, dude. That's because yeah, no. it's reality. Yeah, no. It, it's just... <laughs> like, we have, like, we have like, slightly different metaphysics. So in my, in my sense of right, we got the phenomenal world and we got layers of description of that, right? But the layers of description of that phenomenal world. A natural accident is to think that, ah, I have this layer, right? And the maybe pattern, the correlations and the patterns are the most significant, right? Don't you we... think, for instance, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't you think, like, when you have this pattern, the, a good inference is to say, okay, so there's this pattern. There has to be a world that the pattern is represents. I mean, that's an inference. It's like a good. certain that's blinking it represents. It seems like a pretty strong inference, though. Yeah, it's, it's a nice inference, but it is an inference. Uh, it's an inductive inference. It's a nice inductive. Uh, I accept that. Presumably, yeah. we accept induction as a method to try to get to truth. Try, but fail. No, but the point is, we don't have to know that it's true. That's exactly what I said, right? I'm talking right. about reasoning about the world about which we cannot know. So when the standard cannot be conclusive demonstration, what we're saying is, let's try to get a compelling argument about what we're talking about. Uh, now, if you're talking about like confidence, then that's different, right? But um, it's not exactly confidence, right? If an argument is um, abductively derived and deductively valid, and like the abductive der derivation goes a long time without having without having any flaw demonstrated in it, then that's extremely compelling, and like there's no reason that you wouldn't treat it as true. Yeah, I think if you rework epistemology such that confidence is truth, then yeah, sure. No, Why dude. I, I'm saying that in dude, the realm like... of ontology, confidence is the best standard that you is available to you. Okay, yeah, sure. If, but I see, I, I just wouldn't call it truth anymore. I just call it confidence. That's what I just do. I mean, truth that's basically, then you call all truth confidence, dude, because humans yeah. know nothing epistemologically. Uh, no, yes, but there's the, something you see, that The aren't... pattern remains. Whatever yeah, okay. we say, the pattern remains. Hmm. That's yeah. what I said. All confidence I said that fine. no matter what you call the pattern, there is, to say that there is a pattern is to say that it represents something that it's. Oh, wow, we express things differently in sync. Wow. Well, that's just a linguistic quirk. Like, the it's, moment it's not a linguistic expression quirk. itself. Yeah. It is not a linguistic quirk. quirk. The moment saying is... That's a linguistic quirk. 
It's a quasi crystal. It's a linguistic quasi crystal. I, I love I love it when like like it's the perfect counter argument to analytical philosophy. Ah, those are just linguistic quirks. No, that's the point of analytical philosophy. No, it's not the, philosophy is to ask what questions are garbage because they're not. That is not the point. Correctly. That is not the point. <laughs> oh, okay. What is it to you? The point of analytical philosophy is to derive meaning from the words themselves. Like with a linguistic framework. Mm-hmm. 